Okay, good morning church. As you can see today, I am all alone. Everyone is away. As uh, Ryan has mentioned, Pastor Mike is not here. Chris is not here. Pastor Nick is not here. Michelle is not here. All of them left church because I'm preaching today. <laughs> so jokes aside, in actual fact, Pastor Mike and the team from our church members, uh, from our church, uh, have gone to Sabah for a mission trip about 10 plus of them, if I'm not mistaken, while Nick and Chris are in Goping to conduct a church camp uh, for Agape Church, Seremban. So today, I'm very glad to have the opportunity to share God's Word with you and what I will be sharing is very close to my heart and I believe that would be close to all our hearts as well. And I recently actually just came back from uh, BCM Sarawak mission trip. So I went to Sarawak. I went to many different places, many different longhouses. It's also my first time uh, to, longhouse, to a longhouse. And I had to introduce myself about 10 times going to, in the span of 8 days, going to many of the different houses. So today, I'm going to repeat on how I introduced myself there. So for those who don't know me, I'm Danny Newton. I'm 28 years old this year. I am... <laughs> okay, it's just my name. Okay, relax. <laughs> I am actually a mix of Chinese, British, and also Thai. So I'm actually part Thai, like the, the food. Part Thai, yes even though I look mostly Chinese. So I'll be graduating from BCM, Bible College Malaysia, end of this year. And I have uh, one girlfriend who's also not here with me today. So everyone is away, <laughs> thankfully. Yeah. One only, yeah, one only. Please, please have one only. <laughs> yes. So I'm really all alone. And for those who don't know, her name is Roe. Uh, she's, yeah, hopefully watching online. <laughs> So also, I heard a sermon once saying that in order to keep, keep people's attention, right, you need to tell a story once every eight minutes. So I'm going to try that today, to try to tell a story once every eight minutes so everyone will pay attention. Okay? So the topic that's very close to my heart today, I want to share on is evangelism. And the title for the sermon is, the, it is the Great Commission, not the Great Suggestion. And I want to start off by asking some questions on this topic. How many of you want your friends to be safe? Can I see a raise of hands? Oh, I'm very happy to see so many hands. I, I was preparing this. I was hoping that someone raised their hands. If not, then I'll be talking to myself. Okay. How many of you want your family to be safe? Yes? Okay, I see some of you don't want. It's fine. I won't point you out. Okay. <laughs> and how many of you regretted that you didn't share Jesus with someone else. Any? I, I have definitely the opportunity that I, that I had, especially if they're close to you. And how, have you, how many of you didn't manage to share Jesus to someone close to you that have already passed away? All these are questions that we really need to consider. Many of us, as we can see by the hands raised, we want it. But somehow, many of us don't do it. Whatever the reason may be. And yet we know that evangelism, evangelism is important, correct? All of us know that. I mean, who doesn't know it's important, as, especially as Christians? But somehow, we find it so, so difficult to do it, so hard to do it. And I really hope that through today's message, at least a few of us will be able to catch this heartbeat, God's heartbeat, in reaching those who haven't known the best thing that could ever happen to them, the best person that could ever happen to them. Our all-loving, 
all-powerful, ever-present and personal Father. And let's pray as we start. Can we? Let's all close our eyes and, be, as, and bow our heads. God, we pray today that our hearts will be fertile ground for you to speak to us. Holy Spirit, we pray that today's message uh, will speak to us, that it will lead us to some form of action change, God. That our hearts will be changed, but not just stop there. That we will go forth and make disciples of all nations as well. That we will treat the Great Commission as a commandment, not just a suggestion, God. Because it is a direction from you and we want to obey it. We want to be obedient because you are our God and our Father. And that because we love you. So we pray, God, that you will use uh, this mouthpiece right here to speak to everyone here. And that you will be glorified through this message. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So, there are two things I want to bring across today. The first one is on why evangelism is so important. And the second is how we can do it. So first things first, the Bible commands it. As simple as that. The Bible commands us to evangelize. As, you, as we all know, the Great Commission. And if you want a list of verses that will help us uh, and tell us, tell us that, you can find it right there. Okay? Here they are. It's Matthew, in Matthew, in Mark, in Acts, First Thessalonians, Colossians, Romans. You can find it all there. Okay? It will encourage us. It shows examples of the disciples uh, doing it as well. And we as disciples have to do it. But on the other hand, all of us are very busy, right? Usually, when I hear this question, how's life? Uh? I don't know. Lah. I've just been very busy. Whenever you ask people this question, they will tell you that they're busy. Uh, so, all of us simply go through the motion of life. We are busy with our families, we are busy with our friends, our work. Uh, we are occupied the whole day, every day. And we are so locked up in this bubble of being in our own world that we may have forgotten about others, about others hearing the gospel, about others uh, to be saved through knowing Jesus. And we simply want to live lives our way. Get married, get children, probably live up to 80 years, and then just pass away, die, and move on without truly fulfilling the purpose that God has for us and for God to use us to reach out to the people around us. So being here on stage is me just simply being a vessel and hopefully it will shift certain hardened hearts uh, to a hearts of flesh that will help and that we will have the heart for people just like how God would want. So let me lay down some simple facts of life. God loves all people, Correct? Yes, God loves all people. You agree? In John 3, 5, uh, 15 to 17, yes, next slide, that whoever believes in him may have eternal life. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. For God did not send his son into the world to con condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. So, and for those who love God, they will have a relationship with God. Correct? And we, and we'll end up with him for all eternity. Very simple equation. You believe in Jesus, you love God, you love Jesus, you'll be with him through all, throughout all eternity. Right? And that's the place we call heaven. But for those who don't love God, they'll be eternally separated from God. 
Because if they didn't want God here on earth, it would be unloving of God to force him to be with him in, the, in his presence, in the afterlife. So let me give you an example. Let me try to speak to the ladies in this uh, room, okay? To help understand this better. So ladies, have you ever had a man pursue you? Yes? Can I see a raise of hands? No, 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 no one here. Have anyone, any man uh, pursue you? Okay? So I believe the ladies here have men pursue you, right? Any hands? Right? If, if not, <laughs> if not, how are you guys married? <laughs> it wasn't pursued? Okay. Oh, so, okay, exactly. Not married, also still pursued. Correct, exactly. Okay. So, you guys have, uh, the ladies here, you have had a man pursue you. And have you had times where they pursue you, but you did not want to date him? Yes? <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> okay, of course. In, in fact, right, you don't want to date him. Some of you are thinking, yes, he's sitting, to, he's sitting beside me right now, even. He won't leave me alone. So, I don't know, maybe someone beside. <laughs> so, suppose this man continues to pursue you, continues to pursue you, and continues to pursue you. And you say, look, I only like you as a friend. Why don't you just take a knife and stab it to a heart and just turn it? Because all uh, the men here probably has heard this before. I like you, but only as a friend. And suppose he still continues to pursue you, continues and continues, and he gets to the, and he gets to the point where he says, look, I love you so much, I'm going to force you to love me. Can he do that? Cannot. <laughs> Who said cannot? <laughs> okay, you can't do that, okay? Say so you cannot force anyone to love you. Okay? He can't do that. Why? Because love, by definition, has to be freely given. Love cannot be forced on someone. So if he truly loved you, what will he do? He will leave you by yourself, right? And that's exactly what God does in the afterlife. He cannot force his love on you. So, but that will also mean in the, in, in, in the afterlife, we will all be separated. When we are separated from God, we will be away from all love, all grace, all mercy, all peace, all joy, which is who God is. And what would that place look like? Which is what we call hell. Okay? So now, I'm not trying to scare, uh, now you, try, you think I'm trying to scare you, but I'm not saying this because I'm hateful or unloving, but it's actually the contrary. I'm saying this because I love people. I love all those who are listening here online and physically as well, uh, this message. But even though hearing this may instill fear in some people, the fear that you feel here, hearing, you know, hell, eternal, eternal separation from God, the, f the fear, you, f the f fear you, f you, you feel here is your friend, not your enemy. Okay, what do I mean by that? Fear isn't always your enemy. Just like how fear will stop you from jumping off a cliff, fear makes you put on a parachute if like you're on a plane because you don't want to perish. Imagine this. If you're on a plane 30,000 feet up high and you are not convinced. Uh, let me give a real life example. Maybe Billy. Billy is up on a plane and he's not convinced he needs a parachute to jump off the plane. Okay? The best thing I could do for Billy is to probably hang his... His, his, his whole body out of the aeroplane for just five seconds while holding his ankles. 
and let fear do its work. What will happen after that? Billy will shout and say, give me the parachute, right? Because he feels so much fear knowing what could happen if he falls down from the, the, the plane and probably snatch the parachute from me anyway. So in this case, we can see that fear here is your friend, not your enemy. Because fear will tell you that you're in danger. And the Bible puts on the Lord Jesus Christ, says the Bible asks us to put on the Lord Jesus Christ because we all need a saviour. Because it's a fearful thing to be separated from an all-loving and all-good God. But the good news here is that God wants all people to be with Him forever. So reading from 1 Timothy 2, 4-6, to God wants everyone to be saved and to fully understand the truth. There is only one God and there is only one way that people can reach God. And that way is through Jesus Christ, who as a man gave himself to pay everyone to be free. And this is the message that was given to us just at the right time. So this is why he died for us. This is why Jesus died for us. And he made it so simple for us to believe in him. It is simple for us to believe uh, in him and not just believe that he exists. Okay, There's a difference between belief in and belief that. So to believe in him means to love him and to have a relationship with him. But the catch is that how can someone believe if they have not heard the gospel, the good news? Romans 10, 14, 15. Yes, great, thank you. Romans 10, 14 and 15 says, How then will they call on him in, on him in whom they have not believed? And how are they to believe in him of whom they have not heard? And how are they to hear without someone preaching? And how are they to preach unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who preach good news. So our, our, are our feet beautiful today? Have we been preaching the good news? So now I want to clear up some under, misunderstandings of evangelism, which may be why maybe some reasons why we don't evangelize because we think this is the only way. So back then, okay, one story after eight minutes. Back then, I was in college. I studied mass communication. I went for this thing called street E, street evangelism. So basically what we'll do is we'll really be sent out to the streets, uh, just random people, whether it is certain shops or even those people walking to the, uh, by the streets. We'll be sent out in pairs, two people, just like how Jesus was sent the disciples. And we will be sent out to share Jesus to anyone the Holy Spirit convicted us, uh, the, anyone the Holy Spirit will lead us, and we will feel convicted to share too. So I was partnered with someone, and then we walked around and we ended up in Starbucks. We walked upstairs, and then we saw this guy sitting alone. So I thought, ha, ah, this is my target. I want to share Jesus with this person. So I sat down and I asked whether he's willing to talk to me and he, he was very willing. He said, yes, I'm willing to talk to you. And I started sharing Jesus. But the moment I start, right, little did I know, he stopped me and he told me that actually I'm a Jehovah Witness. Yeah. I was like, bro. <laughs> the first person I'm sharing to is from a cult. 
for those who don't know, Jehovah Witness is a cult. So be careful when you're with them, okay? Um, but when he told me he was a Jehovah Witness, he started talking and talking and talking. I realized halfway through, I'm being evangelized too instead. <laughs> instead of me evangelizing, he was evangelizing to me. Up to 20, 30 minutes, and I couldn't even interrupt him because uh, he was just blab- blabbering on nonstop. So what's the moral of the story here? One-way conversations won't work. He just kept on going on and on. So why don't people evangelize? There are many reasons. Okay, uh, There's a list here. It could be fear. It could be maybe you only have it in theory in your head. It could be this thing where, oh, you know, pastors should do it. Uh, the leaders in church should do it. You know, I, I'm, just, I'm just a Christian. I, I, I can't do it. I'm not an extrovert, for example. Or I don't know how to do it. Genuine ones, of course. If you're, but if you're a Christian for 10, 20, or 30 years and you say you still don't know, then maybe there's a problem there. And it could be a lack of confidence, maybe rejection, maybe even uh, a been there, done there attitude. You know, I've done my part, you know, so now let other people do it. Or simply, it could be not having compassion towards other people, not having the heart to want to see other people knowing Jesus whether having God in this life or the next. So, what's the solution? Here are three things I believe that will be helpful to remember whenever we are thinking of sharing Jesus. And there are three C's. Excuse me. The first C is connection. In other words, relationship is important for evangelism. In Ecclesiastes, the next slide, 4, 9 to 12, it says, Two are better than one because they have a good reward for their toil. For if they fall, one will lift up his fellow. But woe to him who is alone when he falls and has not another to lift him up. Again, if two lie together, they keep warm. But how can one keep warm alone? And though a man might prevail against one who is alone, two will withstand him. And a a threefold cord is not quickly broken. So connection is important. Relationship is important. Think about it. Is it easier to bring a stranger to church or is it easier to bring a friend to church? Most of us will say that it's easier to bring a friend to church. But maybe some will think that it's easier to bring a stranger or easier to talk to a stranger uh, or to share the gospel to a stranger. Why? Because you don't need to follow up. You just share one time, okay, you're done, okay, bye-bye, I won't see you again, right? The hard part, of one of the hardest part of evangelism is to follow up because we're not just called to make Christians, we are called to make disciples. So some of us might feel it's easier to just have a one-off thing if it's a stranger. But that wouldn't be making disciples. So it will simply be taking the easy way out. Making disciples require us to constantly follow up and to journey life with them. The second C is care. So caring for others will be essential in showing God's love to others around us. So for others to see God in us, for example, one way we can care for others is rather than simply praying for them you know, in your home or in church, you can pray with them 
when you're physically with them or maybe on a phone call or even through text. Pray with them, not just for them. Do it together, of course. You should always ask permission to pray first. Don't just suddenly hear someone cough, then you start laying your hands and say, Dear Heavenly Father, okay, that wouldn't work. You have to ask permission and, and get them to listen to you first. So you could pray because they are sick. You could pray because they are going through a tough time at work. You could pray for their spouse, their fi- family, their financial situation, etc. Through the fact that you are praying with them, they themselves can learn how to pray. They can learn how to talk to God, learn how you communicate with God, and they can experience the love, the care, and even experience God in those times. And people almost never reject prayer. So this would be a very good opportunity. So, eight minutes, another story. I used to be a Grab driver for almost a year before the pandemic. Uh, And I tried to make sure that I could share Jesus in every obvious and also subtle way I could. During the entire journey, I would be driving them. So there was a time, a passenger behind me, uh, suddenly I heard her cough. <coughs> she was coughing. Then I asked, oh, are you sick? Then she replied, yes, I, I'm sick. Then I asked, whether, is it okay if I pray for you? Then she asked me, are you a Christian? Then I said, now of course I said, yes, I'm a Christian. Then we had a conversation after that. She was telling me how her dad is also a Christian. And then after that, I prayed for her. As simple as that. Um, that's one way I, I tried to evangelize when I was driving Grab. Other than that, I only played Christian songs in the car. So no matter who entered, I will, I will only play Christian songs in the car. Th- these people are laughing because they sometimes find it very boring and only listening Christian songs in the car. Okay? So I only played Christian songs in the car. Another thing is I actually had a whiteboard hung in the, in the, the car seat rest, the headrest there. So you can see what I wrote on the, on the whiteboard. It's exact, this exact whiteboard, I took a picture uh, back then in 2019. So I intentionally, at the end there, you can see, I put the words, God bless you. Very subtle, but you know, uh, whatever subtle, obvious way I could, I could, I wanted to make it happen. So there will be some form of awareness of God or evangelism, okay? even though it's very, very minor. And there's actually a really funny story here. You can see on the whiteboard, uh, if, don't know, can you guys see anything funny there? Nothing? Special request, very observant. <laughs> okay, well, during that time, I certainly didn't notice anything, okay? Uh, so there was one day I was driving, suddenly one customer asked me, one customer asked me, he was a foreigner by the way, what do you mean by special request? <laughs> <laughs> then I simply answered, oh, I mean, if you need anything like maybe sweets or you need water, you need to drop by uh, to use the toilet or something, then I could help you with that, you know? Then he looked at me puzzled. He asked, then why do you underline the special? <laughs> then he said, why do you underline the special? Because for someone like me, right, I would have thought you provided some sort of sexual request. And, and that's what you meant by special. I was like, no, definitely not. Immediately when he got out of the car, I, I, I erased the underline. I erased the special as well. I erased everything. <laughs> Make sure that, that misunderstanding wouldn't happen again. Yeah, so for me, that was a very, very uh, unique experience. Okay, 
So the first one is connection. Second one is care. Another way we will care for another person is through simply spending time together. Okay? So how can you spend time with them? You can visit them in their homes, spending time out with them at a cafe, mama or even church, uh, because they'll, they'll, most people, a lot of them, will probably be going through a tough time. So spending time with them, simply listening to them during lunch, at your work, at your college or schools, will definitely uh, be a form of showing your care. Now, the third C is community. So, okay, can we, can we all say it together? The first one is connection, second is care, and third is community. The three Cs. These are important for evangelism. So very simply, community is inviting your friends or family or even a stranger to church or even your small group. If you can't invite them to your small group because you're not attending one, then probably this is a sign to start attending a small group. Okay? Or another way could be to find another Christian at your workplace, at your school, at your universities, to start uh, an unofficial care group for them, to be able to pray or to talk with the person you're trying to reach out to. So do it with partnership. So for example, I can be paired with Billy, another Christian, I find another Christian at my workplace, and I know that my friend Christy is going through a tough time. So me and Billy could go to her and say, you know, I heard that you're going through a tough time with your family, can we pray for you? You know, or you know, be, be consistent in the follow-up as well. And again, most of the time, people won't reject prayer because it's a form of caring for them, a form of blessing or benefit for them. So if you ask your Christian friend at your workplace, your Christian friend should be willing. If they aren't, then you should stop being friends with them already. <laughs> okay? So partner with another Christian at where you are, wherever you are, just like Jesus sending out the disciples in pairs. Then after that, after you follow up with them, after you care for them, then you can start to bring them to church or even small group. You can bring them to their church. So your Christian friend, you can bring them to Billy's church or you can bring them to your church as well. But of course, bring them to our church, right? Is our church better? Okay. I'm kidding, I'm kidding. Okay. <laughs> yes, okay, thank you. So let me give you an illustration. If there's a newborn baby in a hospital, where do you bring them afterwards? one? After a newborn baby in the hospital, you bring them home. Lah. Correct? Simple as that. And where is home for someone who is in Christ? Ta-da! The church. The church right here. So I'm not talking about like heaven home. You know, don't, don't try to kill them so they can go home faster or something. Okay? And I hope that it will be so that if I will go to your office, your schools, your universities, your colleges, and ask your boss, your teacher, or your lecturer whether you're a Christian, they would know it. There's no such thing as, uh, there's no, don't be an underground Christian, because a hidden Christian, because there's no such thing. We are called to be the light, and the light must, must shine, not hidden under a basket. So, the next one is the Great Commission, the whole point of the message. Matthew 28, 19 to 20. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them 
to observe all that I have commanded you, and behold, I am with you always to the end of age. So all of us have heard the Great Commission. What we've just read is the Great Commission. It's not a great suggestion. And a lot of us, including myself, at times we take the Great Commission too lightly. We simply take it as God asking maybe others who are more talented, others who are more uh, open, extroverted, to evangelize. But in actual fact, who did God ask to evangelize? God asked all Christians, all of us in this hall today. That includes you and me. So what I'm trying to make sense here is, and what I believe God wants for all of, from all of us, is that the moment we step out of the church here today, we will seize, we will take every opportunity that God will give us to tell others about Him. To love others enough that we care about their salvation, the fact that they are alone in this life without Jesus, the fact that they do, they do not have the continuous agape love that will never give up on them no matter what. That we will love them more rather than our own awkwardness, our own shyness, or our own fear. So today, if we haven't been sharing with others, then we have to question ourselves. Do we love others enough? And I want to end today's uh, message with stories about two people. The two people are Jonah and Paul. We all should know who Paul is, right? Paul is the person who wrote almost half of all the New Testament books. He wrote 13 books out of the 27 books. And before he was Paul, he was a person called Saul. He was the person who hated the Gentiles. And Gentiles are all the people who are not Jewish. Okay? For example, in Malaysia, all people who are not Muslims, we call them non-Muslims. Okay? So that includes Chinese, Indians, white people, all of them are called non-Muslims. So same thing, back then, Saul hated all the Gentiles. Anyone who you are not a Jew, I hate you. That's how he, he was. And his hate, right? He hated them with a passion. He would bring them to jail. He would even kill them. That's how much Saul hated the, Jew, uh, the, the, the Gentiles. But after a personal encounter with Jesus, Saul had a 180 degree turn. And that's also when he changed his name to Paul. He completely changed. From putting them to jail, he preached to them. From killing them, he went out of his way, he walked and he traveled for days to, to, to faraway places to simply evangelize to the Gentiles. And he was the one who reached Asia, by the way. That's why, though, how many thousands ago, uh, he was one of the first people to reach Asia, the, 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 the area that we are in. So we can see that the encounter with Jesus really transformed and changed Paul. And the simple, the, 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 the one difference, the only difference that he had was his encounter with God. So we have to work on this, our own encounter with God, whether it is in His Word or whether it is with the conviction of the Holy Spirit. So for God to work in our hearts through His Word and through the conviction of the Holy Spirit to be like Paul. Paul even has the verse, to imitate me as I imitate Christ. So on the other hand, we know Jonah, right? Jonah is the person who was swallowed up by a big fish. 
Because he ran away from God. Anyone knows why he ran away from God? No? Jonah ran away from God because of evangelism. He didn't want to share the gospel to the people of Nineveh. Jonah encountered God, but he chose to run away because he, he, he knew the people of Nineveh were evil. They were doing many evil things. And he, it, it wasn't because he's scared, but because he knew they were evil and he didn't want them, because he knew God is a gracious God. He didn't, he didn't want them to be saved. He wanted the evil people to, to be condemned, to receive punishment. But of course, God has different plans because God is merciful and gracious. So he chose to run away from God because he despised the evil people there. And he decided for himself that the people of Nineveh didn't deserve to be saved. He knew that God was merciful, gracious, loving, and that if he shared the gospel to them, he knew that if they repented, God would forgive them. And he didn't want that. So just like Jonah, I believe that we all have an encounter with God here. All of us have an encounter with God before, but what makes the difference is the acting it out, right? Having an encounter with God isn't enough. We have to act it out, the living it out. And Paul is the example that we should follow because Paul acted out his faith. Paul acted out his love for others. Paul is the one who chose to see what Jesus sees rather than asking God to see what he sees. So you can see the two contrasts. From Jonah's point of view, from what Jonah did, he was asking God, can you see my point of view? The people of Nineveh are evil. You shouldn't save them. They shouldn't repent. They should receive their punishment. That was Jonah's perspective. And Jonah was trying to ask God, see what I see. But from Paul's perspective, what Paul did was, on the other hand, he saw what God saw. God, uh, Paul's, God, okay, Paul saw what God saw. Paul saw that the people in Asia, the people in the other areas who have not received the gospel, that they are important, that God loves them as well, and that he should reach out to them. So Paul saw and he knew that people should know him and love him. So in conclusion, if any of you are wondering how come maybe God hasn't even been speaking to, to you lately? Then my question for you is, have you obeyed the last thing that God has told you? Have we obeyed the thing that He has told us in the Bible? If we haven't, why would God, God bother speaking to us again if we didn't obey and listen to what He has already said? In Matthew 28, the Great Commission, we can see that it is a command and not a proposal, not a suggestion. God has spoken. And if we confess that we love God and we confess that we uh, treasure, we care, we love other people, we will follow His command. And if we are truly a believer of Jesus Christ today, we will do it. We will share the gospel, we will evangelize, we will tell others about Jesus. And if we truly love people, we wouldn't want to see them separated from God. We, we would evangelize. We would take every opportunity that we can. So right now, I want all of us to close our eyes, bow our heads. Today, if God has moved in your heart, has convicted your heart in some way, 
and you feel like you know I want to do it I want to start to be able to evangelize I want to start to be able to share Jesus in any small way or big way and you have people in your mind whether it is your family your friends or even in your SIG plan what I want you to do is just take this type of faith to simply raise your hands so that I can pray along with you that we can pray together if not ask God to put someone in your head in your heart so that you can reach out to these people we don't want to let our words simply be louder than our actions so take some time maybe 30 seconds ask God God I hear today's message I know it is in your word I know you commanded it I want to do it help me I want to see my brother I want to see my sister my parents my children to come back to you to come to you to love you because I love them and I wanted to see them experience the best thing they could ever have the best person that could ever happen to them so right now at a count of three I'm going to ask for you to raise your hands for those who are willing so that we can pray together all it is all this is for is for us to pray together to uphold it to God so that God will guide us and lead us to share the gospel with these people so if God had convicted your heart and you want to do it you have people in your mind I will ask you to raise your hands in one, two, three thank you I see hands raised thank you God for working thank you God for moving let's all pray right now for us who are willing especially God you see these hands that are raised we are willing and we want it so much God for you to use us we want to have that heartbeat your heartbeat God to be our heartbeat we want to see things how you see God not just from our own perspective but we want to see how you see things God to see how much you love others that you love the ones that are close to us even more than we do so we pray right now that these people their hearts will be replaced their hardened hearts will be replaced with the heart of flesh that you will use us give us the words to say God help us be eloquent in what we have to say give us the right timing send to us God people that you want us to reach out to change our hearts today we do not want to be the same we want to see what you see God so use us God as we totally surrender to you have your way as we when we leave the church when we leave this premise God have your way when we are to reach out to others we do not want us to take control in this life but for you to take control so we pray for these names God we give it up to you and only you 
that you will do your work and that you will use us as a vessel to reach out to them. And that we will be able to give the testimony, God, that you were the one who changed their hearts. So God, use us however you choose. Do what only you can do as we avail ourselves as a vessel for you to use. In Jesus' name we pray. So that's all for the sermon today. Um, one thing before I pass the time for announcements is that we want to pray for the people who went on the mission trip. Okay? So uh, there are two groups we want to pray for. The Saba mission team. And the second group we want to pray for is Nick and Chris going on the, uh, the camp. So again, can we bow down our heads and pray and uphold these people because they are doing what we the, the message is for today to evangelize to reach out to these people so let's close our eyes and bow our heads God you sent out these people the harvest is plentiful but the workers are few you sent out the people that are already there and we pray God that you will send us out too but for those who are already right there right now in the Sabbath team they are even up on the mountains with no uh, line no signal God we pray that you use them mightily God you use them like never before you use them because they are reaching out uh, to these people for your name I pray God that souls will be saved lives will encounter you God people who have ran who have run away from you will come back to you again their hearts will be turned back to you God so we pray that you use them mightily that they will uh, hear, be, 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 be aware of your voice so that whatever you have to say to these, the, the people over there that they will be aware and they will, they, you will use them as a mouthpiece so we pray that these uh, seven days that they will uh, come back with testimonies and they will come back with stories and great news that lives will be saved lives are changed God and hearts are turned back to you one more team, God, we want to pray for is Nick and Chris, that they will be used mightily as well, that through the camp, that uh, people from Agape Saramban will encounter you. More importantly, God, that they will choose, that they dedicate, rededicate even their lives to serve you, to honour you, to praise you, to glorify you, God. That through a camp, God, they will decide, God, I know I haven't been faithful to you but today onwards I want to rededicate and give my life faithful, faithfully to you so we pray God to use all of them the way you want to and that they will surrender to you to be able to be used God we uphold all these people into your hands in Jesus name we pray Amen Amen